Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble has left the nightmare. Donna Noble has been saved. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones. And if you were listening to our very last episode when we reviewed The Doctor's Daughter, I gave a little bit of a hint to someone. And Clarence and Lee also followed through in saying that the person who at the beginning of the episode who said hello to us but could not join us, that this person needed to be back soon. And guess what? Nicole, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad I made it. My vortex manipulator was trying to send me to the wrong place, but I finally made it. So awesome. As long as you don't get your hand stuck into some kind of bio-replicating device, I think you're doing good. (laughs) Yeah, that would be awkward. Though it would be interesting if my clone had perfect makeup because... I don't wear makeup, so I would have to get some tips from her because I don't know how to put on makeup. So mm. that always confused me about Jenny. She comes out with perfect makeup. It's like, okay, so if I got a clone, I would want a full head of hair. So Oh, yes. Yeah, see, there you go. You know, then I'd be happy. Connect connect some genetics to my head, make me have hair. Then I'd, well, complete head of hair. Then I'd be happy. So Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. We don't need to be gender normative. I could have a guy pop out that has makeup. You know, I mean. There you go. There you go. So many options. (laughs) So many options. But but option number one, A, or 1A, or A, or B, or whatever we want to call it. (laughs) We're happy to have you back. Very happy. Thank you. Thank you. I always feel like this is family. So it's my, my second home. Well, sweet. We feel the same way. And I'm saying we, but it's just you and I. I think their vortex manipulator may have sent Clarence and Lee off to relativity, maybe. Maybe. So if you want to find out what Clarence and Lee are doing while they're not on this, shameless plug, go to relativitypodcast.com. Nicole, question. You've not had an opportunity to be on with us since we have began our reviews of Series 4. So for anyone listening, if you have not seen Series 4 of Doctor Who, Put yourself on notice that from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Nicole, question. We saw Martha Jones Series 3, and you were on our episode where we reviewed the Martha leaving moment. And we kind of got a Martha leaving moment in The Doctor's Daughter. So I want to start out with that question. If you were to compare Martha leaving at the Series 3 and Martha leaving in The Doctor's Daughter, would you describe those as the same, different, or what are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting. I, I rewatched um, those stories, the the little triple story arc there that she has uh, just yesterday, and it was it was interesting to revisit because at the time I was kind of in it. This, season four was actually the first one I ever watched 
live go out because uh, I didn't get into the show until uh, around series three, even though it was season two was the first ones I watched. Anyway, it's confusing, but, but I watched them live and I was hanging out with Martha fans. And so when we heard she was coming back, we had all these hopes and expectations of, you know, oh, is he going to apologize to her? Is he going to treat her better or something? You know, because in Partners in Crime, he admits to Donna that he kind of screwed up and that he feels really bad about how he was about Martha. So going in, it was weird. It's like back then, I didn't think it was very fulfilling. But rewatching it now, I think that it actually was really good. I thought they had a really nice second goodbye um, Martha still has her agency, which is really great. And they had a nice little hug and, you know, but she's like, hey, you know, I have a life here and I'm going to go off and do my thing and you, you know, have your thing. And they had a, like I said, a nice little moment, they had a nice little hug and it felt like he really respected her. And I, I really enjoyed that. Mm. So do you think that Martha as a person has grown slash changed slash evolved since the last time she saw the doctor? I think that she's definitely matured. Um, in some ways, I feel like she's become a little harder. Like she's not like lost empathy or anything, but I think that her probably her year walking the earth really did affect her. And so like, for example, in The Doctor's Daughter, I know at the time people were like, why is she, you know, having this massive breakdown when uh, Peck or whatever, the Hath died? Yes. And I'm like, she's got post-traumatic stress. I mean, she just like walked the earth for a year and lost all these people. And now this first person that's like in her care has died. Like, to me, it makes perfect narrative sense that she would just freak out. And that was enough for her to be like, no, this isn't the life for me. So I feel like in some ways she's gotten a bit harder. But I also think she has grown and matured. I feel like in the unit story, she's very um, sure of herself. And she doesn't take the any crap from the doctor. I mean, like when he's getting angry about the gun thing and all that. She's just like, you got me this job, you know, but I'm here working from the inside. So I, I don't know. I really appreciated that she did feel like she had matured a lot, but still, I mean, she was always mature. So it's hard to say, but I feel like her focus is different mm. before she was kind of, you know, just on an adventure and having fun. And here it's like, she's like, no, I've got a job to do and I've got work to do and I've got people to help and people to save. And she's more, I don't know, directed. I, I can't really think of what to call that, but she just seems more together, I guess. You know, I'm thinking just based on what you said, that I think that it wasn't per se the character Martha who had gotten herself more together. I think it was the writing and the um, RTD transitioning from you had the quote unquote super couple with David Tennant and Billy Piper with the doctor and Rose. And then you transition away from Rose and you, but you still are not sure if you want to try to do that again, or do you want to have traditional companion? And then you go traditional companion with Donna. And I, I, I just think that this is the Martha that we would have seen if she didn't have 
the writers say she has to have puppy dog eyes. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we don't see him, obviously, but Tom Milligan is in the picture now. She is engaged to be married to him. And so that takes the romantic angle away. And so we're able to focus more on her as a person instead of her as this, you know, unrequited love thing, which, you know, I I have my rant about anyway, where I think, we kind of saw that in series three. I feel like the unrequited love stuff was not that much of her character, but people remember that the most where now when it's just like her and Tom, it there's no unrequited love stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. She's, she's over it. Like she, she cares about the doctor a lot. She loves him, but she's not, I don't think she wants to go there. And she even has that, I guess that's in the Santarin story that moment with Donna where she's like, you know, be careful. The doctor's like fire. And if you get too close, you're, you can get burned. So she has that experience that she can kind of speak to another companion and be like, hey, you know, baby, be a little careful. And uh, I know at the time, like a lot of people were mad at her for saying that to Donna. And I'm like, no, I thought that was good. I thought that she was realistic and said, hey, be careful, mm-hmm. you know. What did you think? That's quite interesting. So tell me, what did you think of the relationship between Donna and Martha? I love that relationship. I mean, you know, you have that that when they first meet at the beginning of the Santarin story, um, Santarin stratagem. I just want to say it's the that other one from the was it the fourth doctor era? That's like Suntaran something. Yes. I can't it's remember. Very, it's got a very but it's sim- very similar. And it always, I always confuse the two, but anyway, I'm pretty sure it's Suntaran stratagem. But anyway, uh, I, you know, you kind of have the doctor. He's a little worried that they're going to f- have a cat fight. And of course they're like, <laughs> whatever, you know, um, which I definitely loved because you know, that it's a boring stereotype that girls are going to just fight over guys like whatever. But no, I thought that they got along really well. And I love that Donna was like, he said so many good things about you. He, you know, he, she was saying things to, to Martha that the doctor should say, but he doesn't. And at the time I was a little annoyed that I was like, you, you say all this stuff to Donna about how you're sorry about Martha or you think she's awesome, but you never say it to Martha, you know, but I'm glad that Donna was able to say, no, he speaks really highly of you. And also just on her own, I think she just liked Martha. I mean, they, they got along. Now, unfortunately, they get separated for most of the story in uh, the doctor's daughter and Martha has her own story arc, but I think that they really liked each other. And I remember at the time I wrote several stories of just them hanging out together and, you know, being friends. Cause I, I feel like they, they would be good friends. Yep. I, I think that, you know, they are different in the sense of uh, one is a doctor, one is a temp. And I'm not saying, you know, one is better quote unquote than the other, but I just, I just think the dynamic between Catherine Tate, you know, with Donna Noble and with Martha, it was just so real. That is a good way to put it. 
Yeah, I love the way they sort of balance things out. Like you get that great moment in the poison sky when the doctor, they think he's going to die and he comes back because he's been transported back because like Luke switches places with him or something. Right. And like Martha goes over to him and sort of kind of hugs his arm like, oh, good, you're okay. And Donna comes up and she just hits him. And it's like that is like the perfect encapsulation of their relationships with each other. Like Donna, you know, she hits him, but she's mad, but it's obviously a affectionate, like, Oh, you scared me so much. And, and Martha's just like kind of cuddling onto him like, Oh, are you okay? You know, just trying to take care of him. And I just love that little balance of those two. And I wish that we could have had the two of them together for like a longer period. Like, I think that would have been really interesting. Oh, I agree. I would have loved, I mean, I know she was on Torchwood for about what, I think four or five episodes. And then she, so she really, and truly between last series, series three, and then between these two shows in the next year of series, I really think she had a full season between the, you know, going back and forth in the two shows. Yeah, I, I think the thing was, and I remember this was a complaint at the time, it was like the first episode she was in with Doctor Who uh, when she came back, the Centauran Stratagem. She was like pretty front and center, and then she um, she becomes a clone. So like the second story, she's mostly a clone. And then in the third story, she's mostly off on her own with, with the half. And then in Torchwood, they did a similar thing where her first story, she was front and center. And then the other two stories, she was there, but she was in the background. So a lot of people were like, wow, her first appearance of the the trilogy was really good. But then, you know, not as much. So she was there, but she was definitely backgrounded a bit. But isn't that something that happens to anyone to some degree when you have an ensemble cast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying like at the time it annoyed me. But, you know, looking back at the big picture, I I think it's fine. I mean, I know even back then, um, you know, there's the big moment when in uh, Suntaran Stratagem when the doctor thinks Donna's leaving and he has that really sort of uh, emotional moment with her when he thinks he's saying goodbye. And then he's like, oh, wait, you're just going back to, <laughs> you know, go home. And I remember my friends and I, you know, the Martha fans, we we're all like, I wish the emotional moment would have been with Martha, you know, that they would have had some sort of connecting moment. But it's Donna's season. Like now I'm like, well, it's Donna's season. So it makes more sense. But at the time I was like, oh, you should have had a I'm sorry scene or something with like an emotional because it felt like in series three, like his goodbye to Rose was, of course, very emotional and doomsday. His goodbye to Donna in The Runaway Bride was like, you know, very sweet. And you go have a good life. His goodbye in The Last of the Time Lords of Martha was just kind of like, oh, bye. You know, it didn't yeah. feel like emotional. So I think we were still waiting on that emotional goodbye. So we got a bit of that in Doctor's Daughter, but... Still, it's debatable. You know, I saw, and I agree with everything you just said, I saw this last episode with the doctor's daughter as Martha basically kind of taking control. And I think Lee said in our last episode that if you notice the pacing and you notice the camera angle, we're seeing it not from the doctor and Donna's perspective, but we're seeing it 
from Martha's perspective, and we're seeing them leave, and it's like that's putting her in a place of power, and I really, really liked that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in the the whole story, it's almost like she is sort of the doctor stand-in, and she has her own companion, which is Peck, or whatever his name is, the Hath, and it, it's it's almost like a parallel doctor adventure going on. And then at the end, they just leave. But it's set up like not that she's sad and that she's being um, abandoned. She's going to have her own adventures. You know, it, it's almost like a setup to like a spinoff. You know, it's like they can go off and she can go and have her adventures. Quite you know? literally, if this yeah. were American TV, it right. would have been a spinoff because that is the typical you know, let's introduce a couple of characters and guess what? Catch them next week on the adventures of Martha and Tom or whatever. Exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about even putting her on Torchwood in series three of Torchwood, but I think Freema had another job or something fell through. But um, I know that that was in the cards because I know that from what I understand, Russell really liked her character and wanted to do something for her. So you know, well, she was and is, you know, she she was a character, a who was a doctor, you know, a proper doctor, as Ryan was to would say. So she was a proper doctor. She was not a damsel in distress. And she was a very strong character that I think stood the test of time. But I want to talk a little bit about her association with unit and without giving anyway any spoilers we know that this is not the last time we will get to see martha this season so what do you see as martha's progression even from here and again without spoilers but as a character how far does she grow maybe is what i want to ask um, are you talking about maybe like her relation to like her job and unit and that sort of thing? M- maybe so. Yep. Okay. I w- um, that would be quite beneficial, I would say. <laughs> well, I know that. Um, okay. So it is touched on very briefly in the Santaran story, but she kind of goes into it more in Torchwood that uh, the doctor is the one who actually got her the job at unit. I don't think she was seeking it out. I think he was. He was like, hey, look, this person's really awesome. Why don't you hire them? Which is actually really good. To, that means the doctor probably really respected her. It is a bit weird in the Santarin story where he's kind of acting a bit like he hates Unit and and by extension not too keen with her. But she's like, hey, you, you got me the job. I don't know what's up. But I feel like even though she is technically a soldier, I think she mostly uses her medical abilities and is still a doctor you know i mean i don't know about the fact that they rushed her being an official doctor through for her time in the field i remember i had a friend back then who was a a medical student and they were like no no it doesn't really work like that but you know it's fiction but i feel like her being in the whole unit situation really again, really helped her mature and helped her become like fully formed and gave her a purpose in life. I don't really know. Hmm. 
what to say about that, but it, it just feels like that kind of gave her direction, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. And I will propose the hypothesis that part of her being able to go through and be a doctor so quick is because of that year that she had. There's no telling how many people she doctored while she was in that walking the earth for a year. So maybe they kind of said, hmm, we'll push her through. How about that? That's true. And it was the Valiant was uh, the people that were on the Valiant remember that year. So they know that she did that. It's not like she could lie. Correct. And be like, yeah, I did this thing that no one remembers because it didn't happen, you know. But so do yeah. you think because the doctor's companions are the doctor's companions, does that give you, say, the equivalent of if you wanted a job with something that you or I might have to go through eight years of training or four years of training or whatever it might be to be a as high up in unit as she was. Do you think that spending time with the doctor as a companion says, oh, you want this job? Check. Oh, you want that job? Check. I don't know. It is, I guess, a little bit of nepotism, but if you think about it, their job is to, it's not just military, it's not just being a doctor, it's dealing with aliens. And being a companion of the doctor, that's what your experience is. You are getting legitimate experience out in the field. It's kind of like, um, uh, for example, uh, this is personal, but I, I didn't ever get a degree, but I got a lot of jobs and I did a lot of work like, you know, in offices and stuff. And that would help me get jobs because I had the actual experience of doing administrative stuff and accounting stuff and random stuff like that. And they look at that more than they look at, you know, that you did a textbook. I'm not saying that the schooling is bad. I'm just saying that she has an education that 99% of the people at unit just do not have. And the education is being able to travel with the doctor, having all this experience. We don't know how long they travel, you know, because there's jumps in time. You know, was it a year? Was it two years? You know, and does that even really matter when he can bring you back the second after you left? Right, right. I mean, who knows how long she actually traveled with him. And that is field experience that they would value, you know, in their uh, job. So I, I see it kind of as a bit of nepotism, but also it's a perfect person for the job. You know, if especially God, she's she's medically experienced and she's got the the alien knowledge. It's not like she's. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know exactly where you're. I mean, I know what I've never thought of it from the experience of or from the perspective of, yes, I can study about aliens for 50 years, but Martha can walk in or Sarah Jane can walk in or Bill Potts or Ace or whomever the case may be can walk in and actually look a Dalek, look a Suntaran, look a fill-in-the-blank in the face and survive, that is a lot more real than my 50 years of looking in textbooks. Right, and and they probably have uh, experience with the aliens that UNIT doesn't know about. They probably know how to, from experience, to deal with those aliens. I would think if I was in HR, I would be like, yes, Yes, please. hired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. 
What do you think of series four? Let's kind of transition. I know this is talking about Martha, but as far as series four, we are just now finishing up with, you know, as we've been talking, the doctor's daughter. What has been out of the episodes going up to the doctor's daughter? Which one of those episodes has been your favorite? Ooh. All right, let me think. So there's been Partners in Crime. There's been uh, uh, Fires of Pompeii. Planet of the Ood. Uh, the Ood Planet of the Ood. Uh, the Santaran ones. Have and now missed? the Doctor's Daughter. Doctor's yeah. Daughter. I, you know, my favorite is probably Fires of Pompeii. Um, I mentioned to you about the my review that I did on my own podcast. And I'm kind of a classic geek as far as like not well, classic Doctor Who too, but like classical studies, like ancient Greece, ancient Rome. So that kind of ticked a lot of my boxes for that. Um, so I just found that fun. And I had Peter Capaldi, who I love. And so that one's probably my favorite. I think it's it's well-written and fun. You know, it's weird. The Santaran ones, I love that Martha's in it. I love Unit. I like the Santarans, but the story's a bit weak. I feel like I think it's, is it Helen Rayner? Mm-hmm. And she also did the Daleks and mm-hmm. Manic. And I, and I want to love them because she's like the only woman that writes, I think, in the whole RTD era, if I remember correctly, which is scary. But um, they're just, I don't know, they're just not tight. I don't know if they needed to be single parters or something, but they just don't jump out at me. I don't say, ooh, I want to rewatch that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, even rewatching them yesterday, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I have a friend at work who is watching Doctor Who, and he is currently in Series 3. And I told him, I, when he got to the Dalek two-parter, I said, I know that uh, you have not much time to watch Doctor Who because he has a small child and his wife is expecting another. And I said, look, I know you don't have a lot of time. Skip the two Dalek episodes. Whether you <laughs> like the Daleks or not, skip them. And, I, you know, I came so close to suggesting that he skip the Santaran episodes, but I've wanted him to see Martha come back. So I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they're better than the Dalek ones, but not much better. <laughs> no, not much better. Not much better. So let me ask you this, speculating forward with the Unicorn and the Wasp all the way to Journey's End, would there be a favorite out of that batch? Because mm. there's, there's not that many. There's a, yeah. uh, you know, Unicorn and the Wasp. The, there's, there's a, a two-parter. Part. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then That's there's the finale. Pretty- Okay, that's my favorite is probably Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. I love that story, like a lot. Um, that's definitely, it's even on my little love list that I have for my, my <laughs> podcast series. I love that story. It is so tight. Um, it is even better after you've seen Husbands of River Song. It just gives it so much more dimension, but that's definitely... I'd say that's my favorite of the entire season. Well, actually, I do also like Midnight. 
But oh, I, I forgot about Midnight. I yeah, completely I, forgot about that one. That one is a, that's a really tight, that's a single episode that's like really strongly plotted and really tight, which is not something I usually say about Russell's writing, but that one is, is really good. Um, but I think like sentimentally, if I were to pick a story to watch, it would be the Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. So I have to say as for the upcoming ones that I am looking forward, forward to, you know, the, the story of the scale of the finale for this one, I think is one of the best finales that I think New Who has done. And again, from the scale of what was going on in Doctor Who at the time and the faces that we saw and the opening credits that we saw, I love that episode, you know, that that finale. But I will say this, we are not recording this upcoming week. You and I are recording on a Saturday night. We're not recording this upcoming week because I did not want to record last week, which would have been silence in the library and then uh-huh. have a week off and then record, you know, the forest of the uh, dead. And I certainly didn't want to do them as a one single um you know, review. So uh, I can just say that I am so going to enjoy re- reviewing those two episodes. Yeah, I, they're just, I feel like, I, you know, I would actually go as far to say that I feel like I like them more every time I watch them. Because like the first time you see them, you're on the back foot because you're like, who is this river person? What's going on? But the more you know, it just, I don't know, it just gets better and better. It's got all these little gifts in it that are just, they just kind of work better each time, at Mm. least in my opinion. So I'm going to tell you something right now that actually Lee and Clarence don't know. So they're going to hear this coming from me telling you as opposed Ooh, to you me. Yes, first, yes. <laughs> you're, you're hearing this first. So when I was watching the fourth series, for whatever reason, I don't remember what it was, but I missed watching the two-parter with the... um introduction to river and just like i have one episode of jeremy brett's playing sherlock holmes that i've never watched and i've never watched sarah jane's last um series because i want to have something else to watch even though this was just an actor leaving the role i did not go back and watch those two episodes until I heard that she was coming back in series five and I said, Oh, well, if she's coming back in series five, I better go watch, you know, these other two and find out who she was. And I think that's what gave me my obsession with River because I had no clue that this character, what happens to her in that two parter happens. So I watch her character be introduced like a week before I watched her on series five with the 11th doctor and then saying, how in the heck is she going to be in series five? And again, I think that's where I got so obsessed with this character. Yeah. I mean, what an opening story. (laughs) I mean, they definitely um, kind of give you, you know, because yes, it's the end of her story, but it's like, they give you so much 
juicy, like, ooh, what has happened in her life, you know, with the doctor? It's just, I don't know. I love it. So I will just warn you now, if you are able to be on with us when we record either one or both of those episodes, and I am going ahead in advance to apologize to Lee and apologize to Clarence, there is no telling how extravagant that episode is going to be when we review, because I am going to have so much fun with the introduction of River Song. <laughs> I mean, listen to who you're talking to. I mean, you've heard my podcast. I will go on about shipping and all kind of stuff. So I know the squee. I understand squee. So squee. I'll probably be squeeing right there with you. All right, good, 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 I good. Yeah, maybe maybe just need me on there so we can balance it out. We'll be the two like people squeeing, and they'll be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, because I've already thought about what my answer is, and I'm not joking here. I've already thought of what my answer is going to be when they ask me, "What is your favorite scene?" or "What is your favorite quote?" I already know my answer. That that is a given. I've already got it in my head. I'm not going to, going to say now what it is, but I already have planned this episode to the point to where I know exactly what I'm going to say at that point. <laughs> we have to like derail you to so you'll be like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. I, I've thought through everything either anybody could throw. I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but here's what I also know. I also know that you mentioned that you have a podcast and I want to talk about you've done an episode. There's a new episode of the Terminus podcast out since you were last on. So tell us about that episode so that that could get some people listening to it. So what was your last episode about? Oh, um, well, my most recent one was about Amy's choice. I did have a series uh, 11 overview episode too, but I can't remember if that came out before or after I was last on. It's been a bit of a blur. But um, but yeah, my most recent one was about uh, Amy's Choice. I'm doing a sort of Doctor Who love fest kind of series where I'm picking my favorite stories from the classic series and the new series and just doing a review on them, um, which is good and bad. Like my next one is going to be Heaven Sent. And I'm literally like, oh my God, what am I going to say about Heaven Sent? But <laughs> Like, I don't know what to say except for it's awesome. Yay. Okay. End of podcast. But um, yeah. Um, Wouldn't that so, be cool if somebody just recorded a podcast and said, hi, this is Nicole. This is Kyle. We're doing a podcast and we really like this episode. Here's the name of the episode. It was awesome. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, it would be like what was like Chip's old podcast that's actually coming back the one that the the two minute time lord yes it would be like that but it would be one minute <laughs> one minute it's great yay bye <laughs> you've been listening too <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i i reviewed amy's choice which is actually my favorite story of the new series um i didn't realize people really didn't like it until i heard verity talking about it <laughs> which i recorded before they recorded, so I didn't. I wasn't able to talk about what they talked about, but um, so yeah. But that's that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. There you go. Well, for anyone listening, you can find Nicole's podcast at correct me if I'm wrong here, Lipson dot 
Terminus or no, it's Terminus. Oh, Terminus.Lipson.com. See, yeah. I, I knew it was Lipson, but uh, <laughs> there's Lipson in there. Got you. <laughs> well, this will, of course, be in our show notes. So let me ask you, if you were to tell us your favorite Martha episode, what would your favorite Martha episode be? Since that's the star of this particular episode. Oh. What's your favorite Martha episode? Wow. Um, God, that's horrible. There's like two completely separate ones jumped into my head simultaneously, which is awkward. But I'm going to pick one of them, and I'm going to say human nature, family of blood. Mm. One complete story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also really love Smith and Jones. I feel like, I mean, the the story, like the, the Jadoon and all that isn't like super tight, but the the character interactions I just love in that story. Mm. So if I were to name my favorite Martha episode, th- those were good. Those were very good. I, you know what? I'm going to say the end of time only because I liked where her story went. Right. I, I was right. very happy with where her story went. And I know that's probably a cop out because she really didn't even say anything hardly yeah. in that episode. Right. But I, I just was happy s- considering that's the last time as of now, whether she may come back in the future, I, I left in a happy place with Martha. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yep, Martha and the other person she was with. Yes, <laughs> and I was happy for that other person for the very right. same reason that I was happy right. for Martha. I was slightly unhappy about Tom. I don't know what went down there, but, you know. <laughs> if I had to take that person over Tom, sorry, Tom, you know. Yeah. You, you yeah, are Tom, the weakest link. Goodbye. Tom had to be Lucifer. So, yeah. you know, he had stuff to do. Yeah. But, Bye, Tom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your time had gone, Tom. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, well, Nicole, this has been fun. I have laughed. I have had fun. And this, considering we were asking for feedback after our last recording, this has been some excellent feedback. I had fun doing the feedback from Nicole. Oh, good. And did I answer the question that they had for me and all that? Yes. Yes, you did. That was at the beginning uh, that I asked when um, about the going away and coming back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yes, indeed, you did. And (laughs) I had fun. I hope you did. And definitely. So tell everyone listening one more time where they can find the Terminus Doctor Who podcast at. You can find me at terminus.libson.com or on Twitter at terminuscast. Um, there's other places too, but those are the two easiest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, thank you again for joining us. This has been our 100th, 100th excuse me, and 60th episode. So, wow, I'm so glad again to have Nicole on with me, and I look forward to next episode when we will be reviewing the Unicorn and the Wasp. So I hope Lee and Clarence can find their way back from Relativity by then. That would be fantastic. If not, I'll be probably going it alone. So hopefully I can find the two of them before Unicorn and the Wasp. So just find a Star Wars fan and you can do Star Wars crossover talk or something. Ooh, that would be cool. Or (laughs) Star Trek. We could beam aboard Discovery. True. Who knows? But yes, again, all jokes aside, Nicole, thank you for being on. And everyone, 
Thank you for listening, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?